What is the potential of this crisis for the emergence of a 21st century economy? I'm Sinta Osterwal, economist and executive team coach, and I'm asking forward thinkers, seers and doers, what now? Mark. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Totally, the pleasure is really mine. <laughs> so thanks. <laughs> Mark, you're, uh, you have a background in advertising and you're the founder of Native Circles, mm -hmm. which is a vehicle for you to do soul searching and soul sharing of companies, connecting the companies to their nature, their innate nature. Beautiful concept. Thanks. Um, really happy to be speaking to you today. Um, so let me start off with, with the first question that I have for you. Mark, throughout this crisis, what do you see what is manifesting now? Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Big question. A, a lot. <laughs> I can see a lot of waves and different waves, but still heading like in all kinds of direction in a way. Um, mm -hmm. Because what, what you can ob obviously see emerging is still a lot of fear and a lot of insecurity. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people actually struggling, I think, and surviving. And on the other hand, I see hope <laughs> um, and a, a lot of new ideas emerging or news ideas that have been sitting there for a while already, but yeah. getting the space they needed right now and the ox oxygen they needed right now. Um, they say yeah, nothing that, as powerful than the time that the time has come for these new ideas, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and you can really feel that. But I'm yeah. I'm also a bit cautious actually because I can see one after the other self-proclaimed guru rising already. Like you know, this is the way to go. Mm. Um, and I really think it's necessary to to kind of give room for the, uh, the grief and insecurity as well and not immediately to to start saying like hey we told you so you know this is the way to go you've been neglecting the planet you've been neglecting nature and this is our time so i'm really kind of struggling i think timing is of of the essence in if we really want to make a change and want to pivot into something new, mm -hmm. which is which is really possible, I think. Mm -hmm. um, it's really necessary not to be too cocky and too self-righteous, uh, but to be in service of what needs to happen. Yeah, uh, I feel. How do we how do we create that space to to mourn and to um let that fear maybe subside um i think in a lot of conversations like maybe even like these but i've been last week or for the last two weeks i've been running from zoom zoom call to zoom call almost um and some of them are really heartbreaking i must say one of these one of the most heavy ones, I think, was uh, last Friday with 60 founders, entrepreneurs of different companies from all over the globe. Mm -hmm. and 
but with stories, you know, there, there are people in New York right now who have to let go of 80 people. Of, and these are all, all companies and all entrepreneurs who are in there with their hearts. So it, to them, it feels like they're killing their family almost. Uh, so it's, you know, these are not like the, the rational business people who just say, okay, uh, you go now, but they are, they treat them like their family, I think. And it's really heartbreaking, heartbreaking to, uh, to see and hear that. Um, but also really important to, for like-minded people and for like soulmates to gather together and to share these stories and to share the grief and to share uh, the optimism as well on the other hand. Mm -hmm. Do they share the optimism too, the, the people that you've spoken to last Friday? Yeah. yeah, you can see glimpses of that, but right now most of them are mourning, actually. Uh, mm -hmm. And we'll probably see in a tra trajectory of, of the next couple of weeks that we'll do this every Friday. Uh, so probably within each and every space there will be room for for other emotions as well and other ideas probably mm -hmm. why are you doing this um it's a really good question but because it's needed in a way uh how do you I know i don't know actually I, I think for the last maybe even 10 years um and it's not really sensible, actually, but I've, I've been just diving into stuff where I thought oh, this is needed and uh, really trusting my intuition in a way to to just dive in and start doing it because I, I really do feel it's uh, it's needed. Um, and I'm not the only one, by the way, it's not like I organize these things. I'm, I'm asked to to join and I'm really happy to join. Uh, but this is this is organized partly by David Hayid from Higher Genes in Wales and the Do Lectures. And he's a phenomenal guy, I think, doing great stuff and really integral as well in, in what he wants. So then I'll, then I'll join, you know, mm -hmm. for the right people, the right reasons, I'll be there. Mm -hmm. Where is it taking okay. you? No clue, actually, <laughs> really no clue. Um, and I'm not really sure if that's important in a way where it takes me. Um, I think right now what we really need are kind of the, uh, the people like yourself, by the way, who connect people who like weave the different patterns and, and know the different paradigms and planets and bring them together in a way. Um, because that's where progress happens, I think, in the end. And these are not the people that you'll see on the foregrounds or on stage probably or doing keynotes and doing heavy stuff, but doing their work behind the scenes in a way. So the, the progress is then coming from people connecting to each other. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think if 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 there ever was a time that we need to um, one lose our moral uh, how do you say that uh, superiority? Su superiority. <laughs> superiority. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, it's it's this time because um, we'll need. I really think we need everyone to to join and help out and um, and act together. So it 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 does mean, I think, forgiving people. It does mean uh, saying, okay, you might might have been on the other side, but we are all on the same side right now. So I, I can see a lot of um, kind of I'm in I'm on the right side and you're at the at the wrong side and a rather lot of blaming and shaming still whereas I think this is a new reality and I think a lot of people actually are waking up to that reality right now um, and are realizing like oh fuck what have what have we been doing the, the, the really strange thing about this time I think that and about this crisis is every crisis needs like a scapegoat uh, mm -hmm. you know where we can really point like they're the enemy and this the, the stupid thing with this crisis is that we are the enemy we ourselves are the enemy um, so there's so then it's better to embrace that I think and to acknowledge that and to make sure that we have the choice to change course mm -hmm. together uh, as a whole and uh, forgive your old enemies because this, this is beyond left and right or conserv uh, conservatism and uh, progressives. This is us, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you, you have a really important point there. This is about us and maybe us rewriting that story together. Absolutely. With that that you point out as as, as scapegoats or not. Um, so what is what is what do you see um, emerging as a new story? Um, something which, which which I'm phrasing as the ecology economy. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I'm I'm actually trying to set up at the moment. I'm trying to set up an uh, event with scientists, with indigenous leaders, uh, and with some business people. Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm really interested in uh, the combination of kick-ass kick science together mm -hmm. with like really old wisdom. Mm -hmm. um, because I really think that the indigenous people will become our teachers over the next period. Um, and, and have a couple of business people in the room as well who are on the progressive side, who are familiar with the edge and uh, being at the forefront to see what will happen there, because I, I think a lot of really good ideas could stem from that. Um, and I'm, I'm actually convinced that we will 
move towards an economy which is much more in balance with our planet's capacity uh, in the end to uh, to contain that economy. Mm-hmm. We'll have to. If there's one thing that we found out right now, I think it's that we've we've hit the wall, and this is it. You know, there there was an end, and this is the end of uh, the era we've been living in, and we'll have to try and discover and redream and develop a new reality. Mm-hmm. And when you say science, you want to, to connect science and indigenous wisdom and business together. Um, what fields of science are you looking at? Economy, biology, mm-hmm. uh, microbiology even. Um, but for me, it's mostly uh, chemistry, biochemistry, uh, technicians, mm-hmm. engineers. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's it's more how, how could we like cross-pollinate between literally different planets and different ways of thinking, which is really hard. But over the past uh, six months, I've been asked by a couple of scientists to help them out because they, in telling their story and telling the story of their solutions, um, because there are a lot of solutions from that side as well. Mm-hmm. But they have a hard time of translating them and uh, and having them almost like uh, repackaged in an attractive story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and therefore, a lot of these possible solutions aren't embraced yet. Um, so f- to me, it's more like an open space, having creative people there as the translators, having business people as the like practitioners almost of the pragmatists mm-hmm. um, and then have these two worlds of brilliant science and brilliant indigenous wisdom together to reinvent basically. Mm-hmm. Have you and been to... working? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I'm not sure what I was going to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just spoke about your work being um, uh, connecting uh, companies to their innate nature, which I presume has a lot of uh, has a a lot to do with uh, building on what indigenous wisdom has brought you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I. Actually, that Native Circles is literally uh, derived from meeting an old Native American chief. And one of the the least impressive people I've ever met in my life, uh, (laughs) who's made the most impact in my life in the end. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a man called Oren Lyons. He is 90 or 91 right now. Mm -hmm. And I've met him 20 years ago. When we started, like you said, I have a background in, in advertising and we were doing Indie, uh, an advertising agency. We kicked ass. We did great campaigns. We were like on top of the world doing fantastic stuff. And thought, at least I thought, I'm not going to speak for the rest, but I thought that I was really important and uh, I was great at my work. Um, 
And then the smallest client we ever landed, Ecover, um, the, uh, the detergents brand, mm -hmm. came in and took me along to a congress in the, in the UK, uh, organized by the Social Venture Network. And one of the speakers was Oren Lyons. And Oren is a Native American chief. He was in his 70s then. The only thing I saw was like an old guy with a ponytail. Um, well, being not impressive at all, like I, like I said, until he took the stage the next morning. I helped him out actually. He, I didn't know he who he was, but I got to the hotel after a day of conference, and I found this older guy who looked kind of lost and asked if I could help him and in the end took him to reception and then to his room and we just chatted briefly and I completely forgot about him. Mm -hmm. And then the next morning he was announced as the next speaker. So he climbed on the stage mm -hmm. and um, literally after two hours of the worst but most impressive presentation I've ever seen, where you could literally feel the the energy level change in the room and you could started looking around to other people like what the fuck is this what what's happening here and i could see people thinking the same like, what is this um, and at the end of his speech nearly half of the audience walked outside crying uh, basically um, and the interesting thing was the first half hour of his keynote was in his own language. So we didn't get that at all. I mean, we're not Native American speakers, we're, uh, but we completely understood him in a way. So that it was kind of mind boggling. Uh, and I wasn't interested nor working on spirit spirituality or on the environment or whatsoever but i i could really feel him literally uh, feel him and after his speech i just got got outside sat in the sun and was really was like pondering well, like what was this what was happening and what just happened and then he came sitting next to me to thank me for the night before because i helped him and we chatted for like 15 minutes maybe and um um five years later i think i thought how did i get here i've, I've taken some strange alleys and streets and have gone into a completely different direction and you know, got back, got back, got back, and right to that moment of me and Orn Lyons sitting on that bench, basically. Uh, that was the moment where it started. He somehow, and I'm still not sure how, showed me my place in the system and my role in the system and my responsibility in and for a system and the other way around. Uh, so that's when it started. So yeah, 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 absolutely. I, since then, I've been diving into the type of wisdom and working a lot with indigenous leaders. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they are an endless source of inspiration and not in the sense of gurus, but in the sense of 
real true wisdom where they where to them it's day-to-day business it's part of life uh so it's not spirituality yeah it is but it's like you know part of who you are and what you are and part of our world and the system uh, it's just the way it is and for us we've kind of separated ourselves from that uh, and to me that's the, the real big issue right now is we're not in a corona crisis i think i, I don't even think we're in a climate crisis i think we're in a connection crisis basically where we've been constantly separating ourselves from not only nature but also ourselves also our employees also our customers also as companies mm-hmm. we don't we talk about our target audience we talk about employees they're human beings and mm-hmm. we should start treating them like that again so mm-hmm. it's, it's much more than only an economic crisis, I think, and certainly much more than a coronavirus. Mm-hmm. I like that. You're saying connection crisis. How would how would connection look at a business as a business model? Um, I'm, I'm, I'll have to think of uh, John Mackey from uh, Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. When I when I decided to. St- step out of my agency and to start something new in 2011. I took two months and traveled through the States and visited uh, Patagonia, Tesla, uh, Whole Foods, Common, uh, a couple of other initiatives where I thought these are at the vanguard of what's happening right now or what should be happening. uh, John Mackey, the founder of uh, Whole Foods, speaks about love constantly. Actually, he's quite, uh, you know, a hard-nosed, tough businessman on the on the one hand, but the, on the other hand, he's one of the most spiritual guys you could ever meet. Um, and literally, he founded the company based on love as well. So I, I truly believe that uh, people ask me. Now, when I post stuff or they ask me, yeah, I completely agree with you. Where should we start? And I think we should start one with ourselves. But uh, the starting point is love, I think. Uh, Falling in love again with nature, falling in love again with life itself and with people around you, uh, whomever they are. That's the starting point of real connection and of true and meaningful ventures in whatever way, whether they're businesses or schools or governments or um, and in whatever form that's being paid for, uh, it starts from that realm, I think. And that's something that we completely forgot. I think we all have it inside of us. We all can remember. Uh, and it's not even that hard uh, to remember, but a lot of people just don't remember how it is because it's they're just bloody stuck in uh, the system we created ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how has this um, idea of love as a fundament gone down with the companies that you work with? Do you speak? A lot about love when you... No, not necessarily. I, I 
my one of my problems i have a couple of them <laughs> one of my problems is that um uh someone told me that it might be smart to go and reach out to where people are sometimes because you are so driven and so convinced of a certain route that you're you know you're marching already and and then sometimes people will follow you but sometimes not um, <laughs> and, but one of the things where i i am conscious about the fact that i shouldn't talk a lot about love and about i, I do and uh, decline it's my son talking about love <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah exactly um what was i saying that you decline uh, no sorry that was your son but <laughs> <laughs> that you uh, um don't talk about love uh that often no only after um i feel that we're in a trusted area uh, but I, I don't start off with it. I, I come in, mostly I come in for communication advice or brand advice. Mm -hmm. And I end up sitting with the management team and their staff and talking about uh, what drives them and how they can stop um, putting themselves aside once they step into their role uh, in the company that's what I see happening a lot is that people just say okay you know I'll put myself on a hanger right now and I'll take myself back when I get home again but right mm -hmm. now I'm going to step in my role and do yeah. the things that I'm supposed to do mm -hmm. and business can be so much more fun when people wouldn't do that and just be themselves and have the room and the space to be allowed to be themselves as well uh, and i think a lot the, the companies thrive by that as well by that energy and by the creativity that that unleashes when people can be themselves they are at their best in the end um, and i think we're we're slowly getting there and th but this is kind of a wake-up call to that as well Mm -hmm. How is this a wake-up call? How do you see that? In a world where we can never stop, where we can never breathe, where we can never take a moment for ourselves or dig inside or step out or we're forced to right now for mm -hmm. at least a couple of weeks, maybe even a couple of months. Uh, so I, I think that will have a profound effect on on re-evaluating what you really truly value in life, on re-evaluating what is important in your work, uh, in your next to still acknowledging that there is still a lot of panic and a lot of turmoil go going on as well. But I do think that people by stopping and by pausing uh, will wonder like, you know, is this really so important? Is it what I'm doing every day and the way I'm doing it every day? Is that really the most important thing in my life? And probably some people will come to the conclusion, no, there's more important stuff. Yeah.
which might be also very painful, of course, to come to that conclusion. Absolutely. And, yeah, and then to have to conclude that so much time has been spent. Yeah. Doing stuff uh, that is so yeah, important. Yeah, it's, it's, it is absolutely is painful. And I know that by, from my own experience as well. Um, but it's beautiful as well on the other side. You know, it's not like it's wrong or it's, um, but it can be quite painful as well in the sense of what, how ridiculous you can be, but almost like, uh, you know, like, like you might see yourself as a kid of, of six or where, where you do these funny, stupid things. Uh, but, and during your adulthood, I think you do funny, stupid things as well, uh, <laughs> basically. And maybe you should uh, sometimes get back a bit to that kid of six and reimagine and reconnect with that kid again to mm -hmm. see who you really are. Mm -hmm. And yes, that can be painful at times and that can be saddening at times, but it also gives you a huge amount of energy, I think. So your advice would be to, to be a bit playful with the conclusion that things might, uh, you might want to do things differently. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, take care of yourself. Be forgiving to, towards yourself as well in that sense and mm -hmm. start playing again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark, what I'm also getting from our conversation um, you just we spoke about how you would um, appeal to love when you advise companies and that you wouldn't do that right uh, right away you would first want to be in a state of trust mm -hmm. um, from professional professional I'm really curious because <laughs> I feel that this is the time that we were born for right this is the time of yeah. the transition and and the circumstances are so um, this is what we need, the space, the openness, the disruption even, um, still with, with a lot of respect for the painful uh, side of, of, of this crisis. Um, but there's a space for the creativity that we might need to really change things. Um, would you now um, be less hesitant to speak about love and maybe more determined because it's so essential? Yes, I think so, actually. Um, and although I, I'll still be aware of the fact that um, I'm more aware of the fact that I should meet people where they are and I don't mean that in like a progressive or regressive way but literally where they are which is from different positions and, and uh, living from different viewpoints um, but I would be more inclined to take him by the hand and to at least show him how wonderful the world can be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm reminded of, um, uh, in psychotherapy, we use response. This, sorry, I, I missed that. <laughs> we just went away for a little bit, yeah. which is interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in psychotherapy I'm an economist and I'm also a coach uh, <laughs> so I, I sometimes avail of, of I sometimes use therapeutic uh, intervention methods <laughs> but we we speak about healing responses and yeah. um, um, 
I'm reminded of this because you were saying, you were speaking about how painful it can be to do the reflection uh, in these days and then to, to come up with the answer of, of no, what I do is maybe not so important or not so important to me anymore and I should do things differently. Um, and I'm assuming that we'll have quite a job to do with a lot of our clients in the next, well, I don't know, months and years to come. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, to provide them maybe with this, this healing response because the healing, um, and this might be a very, um, might be a mind stretch to make to, to put a healing into a context of business, but still, I think you really... No, 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 absolutely that. not, yeah. <laughs> uh, the healing is, is quite necessary, I guess, um, in a time to come. So we as professionals need to embrace the fact that we are healers too. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And that we are, are, I think, one of the most important things is to hold space and to, to make sure that we create safe spaces for people to do whatever they'll have to do um and to to let that be um because i really think the most painful thing is not like confrontation with yourself or anything mm -hmm. it is knowing you want to do something differently but you just don't have a clue <clears throat> what's next or how or uh even why maybe maybe the why still but for the rest you, you really don't have a freaking clue of, of what what to do so it's this vulnerability and this insecurity for people who've always known what to do and being in control and suddenly losing that, which is the most painful, I think. Yeah. Most frightening, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So is that actually what you're facilitating with these uh, Friday meetings with these companies globally? Uh, is, that, is that actually a holding space? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the, at the time I didn't think so, I, I actually got really crossed at him, but my former partner uh, in the advertising agency, um, I think two or three years after I left, um, we had a coffee and he said, now I know what is lacking with the agency, that now you're gone and I see what is missing. Mm. And uh, I said, I was like, oh, you know, my, I'm gonna, my, my ego is gonna be petted right now. So please tell me, tell me, tell me. And he said that you're, uh, you're not there. And I said, yeah. So yeah, you only had to be there for things to run more smoothly, to for people to be more happy. For and I really got cross because like, what the fuck? If the only thing that you know was my added value is to be there uh, then what is that and I think it, it actually took me a couple of months before realizing that this was the biggest compliment anyone could ever make uh, you know if you're just yourself and be there and then things run more smoothly then that's the biggest compliment you could ever get I think um, so I Call in again. <laughs> Let's have another coffee. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, what you're saying now is very interesting because as a woman, um, um, I, I think a lot of women that I've spoken to, even when I was uh, employed, um, we've been longing, I think, to just be. 
you know, to to um, be, be creative, be um, open to what wants to come forth from us. Yeah. And being in a business, a very high result driven business um, is kind of uh, contradictory to that, to that impulse. So what you're speaking about. It's totally about, contradictory to that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's also, I think, the dilemma and the pain we were discussing previously is because also these, whether male or female, but we're all moving from that kind of male war zone, uh, which is really rational and hard and tough. And you've got to beat your competition and do stuff and get things done mm-hmm. um, to... One of my, uh, a friend of mine always says, let people go from their to-do list to a to-be list, <laughs> which I think is fantastic. Yeah. Um, um, because I, I think that's, that's really what's needed at the moment, which is a more feminine type of energy. Again, whether male, this counts for, for men and women, I think. Uh, because I've I've seen many women in business as well who were even more bastards than the guys they were working with, uh, uh, basically. Mm-hmm. But we are moving in that sense. I think we're moving as well. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, there will be some more respect and more awe and acknowledgement for uh, those type of qualities. Because those are the, I, I do, I work quite a lot with a really dear friend of mine, a musician, Quinton. He's not only a musician, but a really wise guy as well. But um, this is his forte, holding space. Whenever he is there and starts doing the work, whether it's through an instrument or through talking or through whatever, it's safe. And people, without even knowing, know it mm-hmm. uh, and that's beautiful i think yeah yeah um i always tend to um get a bit quiet during these conversations when it comes to such truth <laughs> you know uh, because we we speak about holding space um and the the concept of holding space is quite uh, essential but also we're replacing it in a context of business, which, which is quite a bold move to make, I think. Um, but the time is really now, I feel. Well, even bolder, I think holding space has never been so relevant as right now, not even within business, but on yeah. a global scale even. I think we're, we are actually, there is a space now. It's, you know... Uh, will we be able to make that a safe space and hold that space? Or will we go with the panic and the fear and get back to our our reflexes again and move into old habits? I think that's that's literally the, the, the crossroad that we're on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I really feel that with the quality of holding this space, we might create actually create something different. Absolutely. As a 21st century economy, it will definitely be very different. Yeah, totally, totally. 
we're gonna do an experiment um, this year. The 22nd of April is Earth Day, and uh, at the Horneboeg, which is an estate I work with in Hilversum. Mm -hmm. um, once a year we have Earth Day. Last year we uh, we tried it for the first time, and we were absolutely gonna do it every year. Uh, and this year, obviously, we won't be having 150 people together. But we're going to try and do an experiment, and I'm I'm not even sure whether we'll uh, succeed in 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 doing so in getting the people together. But okay. what I really uh, want to try and see if we can find an indigenous leader from every continent, um, ask them to do the same ceremony at the same time. Uh, we're not going to do it online. We're going to do it completely offline and do it, try and do it energetically. So we'll have to think of some sort of small ceremony or ritual, which all the participants can do at home or wherever they are at that exact moment as well. Um, and see what happens. But I mean, that's going to be a big practice in holding space. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I can see it happening when you when you ask all these indigenous um, tribe leaders or well, uh, wisdom keepers um, to ask if you ask them to voice the earth, yeah, which they actually do by living their they wisdom. Do. Yeah, they do. Um, and when that is being voiced, you can ask your audience to connect to it. Yeah, and I think that would be revolutionary. And then, and then see what comes up, what comes forth, what, exactly. what happens in, in yeah. the after. Um, you spoke about um, working on your project, or, or you're seeing a future of an ecology economy. Mm -hmm. This is it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. <laughs> Beautiful experiment. Yeah, it is. Let's hope that, <laughs> that we'll pull it off as well. <laughs> Let's first see whether uh, whether we'll will you know succeed in doing so. You will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, an, an, another example of holding space right now is an initiative that was started by an English friend of mine, Dan Burgess, in the UK. Mm -hmm. Um, as a small experiment, and we're doing it together now, actually, is Friday Future Love, mm -hmm. is to hold the space of the Fridays. Because um, I can see a lot of people, you know, it's so so radical to make the choice to only start working on the um, on climate and on, on on these type of things when you're in a normal job. Uh, but I can sense and hear many people wanting to contribute. Uh, so this this is a way of kind of risk-free stepping into that space and uh, and starting to work on it every Friday by habit, mm -hmm. uh, which still means that you that twenty percent of your professional time will be spent on uh on the on climate issues and on, on planetary issues where i think if suppose if we could get a million or maybe even 10 million people to spend every friday to work on this i think that 
well, we can't even fathom or uh, or think of what uh, what could happen then. So it is, I think, experiments like these where you get a growing number of people doing really small things, but collaborating instead of being in, in competition with each other and working on the same thing uh, and really doing our earth shots in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, I really think, well, if Corona shows us one thing is that we can change radically, even from our behaviors, even, even from our patterns. I mean, that's painful as well, but we do. Um, and I think the same type of urgency is required to make that shift and make our our own home planet uh, a healthy planet again. Yeah. Cool. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a shame that we, uh, because we, we did meet in real life, <laughs> but uh, we didn't actually have a proper conversation did we uh last time no we didn't <laughs> that's one of the things i'm really looking forward to after this containment and confinement <laughs> <laughs> to do walks again and talk to people in real life <laughs> yeah 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 i agree yeah me too definitely <laughs> yet uh for me this this uh this happening was uh, a driving force to really reach out to people Mm. to finally make that connection and then ask people you know do you want to connect with me too and so for me this is this is being uh, a gift in that sense yeah, it's a great idea really a great idea mm, thank you and your giving as well it's your gift as well so, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's one of the uh, I think last year I was asked to to do a piece on uh, I'm in the advisory board of B Corp and to do a piece on B Corp write something on B Corp mm. and I thought <clears throat> and I still think that it's uh, the paradigm is going to shift from winner takes all to winner takes care uh, and that's actually the beauty of what you do as well is you literally care for what you do and take care uh, for the things you love and I think that's where it all should start if we all start doing that then would be a different world wouldn't it yeah I think so <laughs> and I hope I hope that the people that are listening to our conversation feel touched by these words and inspired to to take action on that I, I really hope yeah hopefully but uh, yeah not even hopefully they they are or they aren't or they're they're they are now or they will be in uh, in their due time. Yeah. Um, so it's it's fine what they take out of it. I, I, the only thing I hope that if they take something out of it, that they'll do it from where their heart is and what they believe in and how they feel and what they take care for, um, and not necessarily run after whomever uh, with some new theory or some new direction or some new spiritual wave to follow. <laughs> yeah. It's in them. It's in them. Yeah. So if, it would be great if they would start following themselves, I think.
well, their audience, then they're, they're, here's your calling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Follow yourselves. Follow yourselves and go together. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Mark, for speaking to me today. This was a profound conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you. <laughs>